everybody. Thank you. Welcome to the Games Beat the Size podcast. Uh, it's the internet. You're busy. All that nonsense. Uh, this is the podcast where we pick some topics and we discuss them. We decide them. So decide what they mean so you don't have to think about them. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Michael Minotti, who does not dance. I, I don't. Not really. Sometimes I do. Actually, I, I, I can dance all right. I just don't want to dance with you. That, that hurts. Well, that's true. I have feelings, Mike. You know this. Uh, in today's episode, we're gonna go, we're gonna go over the news. We're gonna talk about Minecraft. We're gonna talk about Overwatch. But first, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can get more from Mike and me at GamesBeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at GamesPlusPodcast@VentureBeat.com. That's the plus sign in there. If you're watching on Facebook or, or YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever else. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend. Um, Find a stranger on the street. Uh, if a homeless person asks you for a tip, give 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 him some money and then uh, tell him about our podcast. Um, is that is that callous, Mike? Should I have not said that? Uh, yeah, you're a bad person. That's what I thought. So, how you been? I'm all right. You know, the weather here's been real weird. In Ohio, it was snowing two days ago, and now it's like 80 degrees. So, it's nice. Yeah, my uh, brother just is going home to uh, back home to Columbus today. He. Uh, he mentioned it was sleeting when he left, and he got here, and it's been sunny and bright nonstop. But yeah. we're not here to talk about the weather. Have you been playing any good video games? Um, just, uh, I mean, I've, I've been, uh, now I'm done with Persona, right? And now I'm playing uh, the second chapter of uh, Trails in the Sky, that, you know, um, yeah, that that... fun, calm RPG. The one that came out, like, on uh the PSP or Vita, like the first one did, and then like the second one came out on Vita and PC. Yeah, you, like I know you played year. the first one. Are you playing this one on your Vita as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I love playing RPGs on the Vita when I can, and it's like it's it's kind of rare in the RPG world because it's a full on direct sequel. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like okay, like the first one. Here we go. Yeah, there. Uh, the third one is coming out this year. I read. Right. From what I understand, the third one is actually not as direct sequely. Okay. In, in so it's like a way. Final Fantasy kind of thing where it restarts the whole no, world? It's, it, it's still, no, it's still, no. Yeah, the, the whole Trails series is kind of confusing because there's Trails in the Sky, then there's like Trails of Cold Steel, and there's like Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2, Trails in the Sky 1, 2, and 3. Trails in the Sky 1 and 2 are like super connected. Trails in the Sky 3, not so much. And then all of it is also part of this other series called Legend of Heroes, which is like the most generic RPG series name you can come up with. And yeah, it's kind of confusing, especially since these games have really only picked up many Steam here a few years ago. So it's hard to catch up on all of it. Yeah, I've uh, I, I've another JRPG franchise I'll probably never ever play, even though I, know, I, I keep lying to myself and telling myself I'll try them. Um, I, I haven't been playing anything much new. I put in a little more time with Overwatch. Uh, You're playing I, Yuka lately, weren't you? Yeah, and I'm. I kind of came up to a wall. Um, I hit it when I realized the camera was legit making me ill. Uh, what it does is it follows your character way too closely, and. It doesn't move uh, when you're you when you're like m- manipulating it with the right analog stick and you're moving it around. Uh, when you move it to the left side, if you start moving the character, it'll start s- snapping back behind ukulele, and it's a very unnatural feeling. And and it's not what I ever expect the camera to do. So when it starts doing that, I I, I begin getting nauseous, like I'm playing like a bad VR game or something. So I I got to a point where I'm also not having fun doing the objectives and unlocking the world by finding these quillies or whatever they are. Um, and and so that the combination of factors came to a point where I'm like, I, I'm probably not going to play much more of this. And, and if I am, I'm, I might just wait for the Switch version. Uh, not too happy with it. That's a shame. It's like, a 3D platformers are such a fun thing, but... Like, what, what were, like, the last good 3D platformers that wasn't Mario? The new Ratchet & Clank was pretty good. And then it's, like, besides that anymore, right? Right. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, that new Ratchet & Clank was, was good. I don't, I don't know why this game is so bad other than, because I don't think it's, oh, those games don't work anymore, right? Right, was that, because, like, I see the complaint, like, oh, like, some people say things like, oh, this game is too much like the the past. Well, it, or, like, too it, much it like is. Too much like Banjo-Kazooie. And I don't, I don't buy that, because if it was just like Banjo-Kazooie, I still think that game holds up enough that if you made a game that was like Banjo-Kazooie, it would be fun. 
it would still be fine. Like that right. that criticism alone isn't valid to me in a way. But it has then I some of the worst kind of, parts of those games, but it, it's not bad it's because not it's bad. like those games. Uh, so when I've when I've noticed those uh, those aspects that have reminded me of Banjo Kazooie in a negative way, it is about you know buying moves after realizing I need them for other like going around doing objectives and coming to a roadblock because I can't move on because I need to go buy the the moves and and that that did bother me it's continued to bother me that is old Banjo Kazooie style but that's not why I, I think the game isn't clicking with me I think it's not clicking with me because what I'm doing isn't super fun the camera's bad. Uh, I, I, and yeah, I don't know. I think it looks gorgeous. I really do. I think in 4K, it, it is incredible to look at this, this N64 game updated to today's standards. Um, you know, it's, maybe it's not as good looking as Ratchet and Clank, but it's still right up there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm still looking forward to Super Mario Odyssey and it's probably, you know, the only game that hasn't changed. Like, well, I'm sure there's going to be other games that are going to be really good, but right now Zelda's up there for me. If I'm thinking about game of the year, I think Mario Odyssey is going to have a, a tough road road to hoe, but it could. It could be the one game that, that I think in my heart could, could supplant that just because I think those games are always so great. Uh, so it's not the genre. It's not the Banjo-Kazooie-ness necessarily. I think it's just that the way that you're moving around these worlds, the way it look, the way that the camera moves is just bothering me a bit too much. The only other game that I've been playing is Old Time Hockey. It's this arcade hockey game, uh, not from EA. Although it feels it feels like the the both EA NHL 94 and EA NHL 17. Uh, and you can make it feel either way based on what control scheme you go with. If you go go with a two-button control scheme or with a modern analog stick like shooting and passing with the analog stick uh, and using the shoulder buttons um, but kind of, kind of no matter what it's got to feel like it's just the beer league version of of uh, of the EA NHL games it's not from them it's not made by them it's not associated with that in any way it just feels like maybe the developer didn't really know what else to do to separate it other than you get in like multiple fights at a time, like it's uh, the Slapshot <laughs> movies. So when a fight breaks out, like four fights break out. <laughs> and that's pretty funny, but the fighting's not fun. So sure. I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I guess I'm kind of disappointed by that game as well. But yeah. Poor Jeff, just nothing but disappointment for you this week. I know, right? Yeah. It's like there's been no good games this year. It's really terrible. All right, Mike, you ready to move on to the news? I'm always ready to move on. <laughs> I, feel like, I, mean, I feel like that hurt my feelings too, cause I, but I don't really know what you meant by that. <laughs> All right, let's jump right. In. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's jump right in. Uh, the first big story is this kind of weird G two A thing that happened. Yeah, so... I think we've all learned a lot about G2A this week. And I think G2A is very happy with the way that turned out, because... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so well, let's explain the backstory real quick. G2A is a shady key reseller site. Uh, shady's the term that's being used because they do legitimately sell actual games that they get keys from, from developers. Uh, it's PC gaming. Uh, the, the shady part comes in, they also resell keys that users sell to them. Um, let me give you an example of how this might be shady. Either a person uh, finds a way to fraudulently create keys uh, using a key generator. Uh, that's more rare, but what happens more often is a, a user begs developers for a bunch of keys for a giveaway, like pretending they're like some YouTube personality, um, or asking for a review key, uh, or like 10 review uh. keys for them and their, their staff uh, by like, oh, I'm... I'm Jim Sterling, uh, but it's like jomstarlong at gmail.com uh, asking for these codes. And these people then go to G2A and sell the codes, and they get a little bit of money, and it's I, I guess it must be a viable business for what some you, people. But I mean, it, it seems like it would be pretty easy to just, if you're getting like like more than a few codes from a person, like how else could they have gotten that? What would right. be the legitimate means? I mean, like, I have four codes for Doom. I mean, I think there maybe are some legitimate. There must be legitimate ad moves, and clearly this is a, this is a subject that we are a little bit out of our depths on. I, yeah, I don't, sure. We don't We're understand kind of this, yeah, this gray this whole, market. Yeah, this whole second-hand co uh, game code market. It's something I never really thing. considered until I started kind of hearing more about G2A, and even then, I was like, that. I'm just going to keep using Steam because this sound, seems like a thing. So, I mean, the big problems that people have with G2A are very consumer-facing. If you buy one of these keys and it is resold from one of these users, there is a possibility that the key won't work. And if the key doesn't work, 
G2A won't necessarily refund you and give you your money back unless you buy, I think it's called G2A Guard or something, and this yeah, is a subscription have, yeah. service. It's just like that, it's so that's the shady thing, is right. that you have to pay money for that. It's a protection racket. It's really what it sounds like. Um, you know, and, and, and they tell this to both consumers and developers. Developers are like, hey, you're selling keys that are either already been used and people like bought, like a lot of the keys, I guess, come from like Russia and people buy, like, buy the physical disc and they use the disc and then they sell the key that's included with the disc and they're able to do this separately somehow. I, I, I believe that's kind of how it works. Again, I could be wrong. Um, but, it, you know, so people will get these keys and sometimes they'll have already been used and, you know, you, you go to use it and it doesn't work. Uh, and G2A is like, that's a shame. If, you know, Go ahead and give us some money. We'll make sure it doesn't happen to you, in, to you in the future. And developers are saying, hey, we're not getting any money from these secondhand keys that we've already sold once. Uh, can you please stop that? And there is a developer subscription thing or a contract that they called it where you could sign up for. And it's like, oh, yeah, you sign up for this thing. We'll, we're going to help you out. Um, basically what happened is, uh, so, so the reason this is all coming up is that the new game from Gearbox, or the new re-release, what is it? Um, Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm Full Frontal Edition or something like that. Uh, yeah, Full Clip Edition. Uh, it's a remake or you know re remastering of that game. Uh, they're releasing them both on PC and consoles. And Gearbox was going to work with G2A on this. They were going to have a, a you know either a promotion or you know have a bunch of keys go on the site or whatever. And Total Biscuit a a rather well-known YouTube personality said, hey, uh, this bums me out that you're working with G2A, who I uh, despise, and I'm going to not cover your games uh, until you stop doing this. And Gearbox stepped back and like, oh no, the influencers are influencing us. Uh, we never saw, foresaw this happening. This is terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they, it, yeah, Gearbox turned around and said, okay, help us figure out what we need G2A to do, and if they don't do it, we'll pull out. And they came up with a list of demands, basically just make the, the, the G2A guard free, make the uh, make an API that developers can use to find these illegitimate keys, these either fraudulent or stolen keys. Um, a, a bunch of stuff that's kind of basic. Now today, G2A has come out and said, oh, we, we basically do a lot of this stuff, and if you want, want it, go ahead and, and sign the contract. And it hasn't changed anything. Um, G2A's response was pretty uh it was strange. advertising like not strange but it was, it was so weird because they're like we already do all this stuff but like not addressing the point that like the main issue was that they make people pay for it and that's how she right. free they're like whoa no it doesn't matter yeah so it, 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 in the end what's happened is uh and i think someone else was pointing this out on twitter and i i can't remember who it was uh, but it was the bullet storm got a lot of attention g2a got a lot of attention and nothing's changed so it was a lot of headlines involving both of these things, uh, both of these products, and G2A might is probably gonna, in the end going to come out ahead because people and the, people are going to always look out for their own bottom line. They're going, oh, G2A is shady. That sucks. But hey, these prices are lower than Steam, so I'm going to go save some money and and just buy you know because I mean, what are morals when you could save twenty bucks on on yeah. your autom automata? Um, and so yeah, that's I think that's kind of going to be the end result here. Uh, it's not. Not the end of the world, uh, but no, I, you know. but it kind of sucks because it, it does. does seem shady. And it was weird because, like, when when all stuff was happening, I'm like G two A, G two A. Why do I know that? Then I realized like every Hearthstone streamer is sponsored by G two A. Like, and I guess they very aggressively go after influencers and stuff like that, and have them you know put their logos on their pages and probably give them lots of money for that advertising. I'm yeah, sure I think, all these people would be willing to, and I know these people could kind of defend you two way before, which were kind of shaky defenses. Where uh, yeah, I mean, but it's yeah, it's lame. I and I, yeah, basically, if you go on Twitch, you go on YouTube, you're going to see a G two A label on the bottom of the line. Yeah, but it is kind of in the hand of hands of consumers. You know, just you know, if you don't think this is right, don't do it. But like you yeah. said, there it is sad. I mean, there probably will be a lot of people who, and you know, Total Biscuit. You know, I mean, I guess props to him for trying to. You know, make these changes. I, I guess I, I would say I was a little weirded out because you never know where these guys stand in terms of the, the spectrum of how they are covering stuff. Clearly, he's not a journalist, uh, but like as journalists, we couldn't say, "Oh, we can't cover Gearbox because they're doing something that they don't." That right? We don't like. Yeah, we don't have that luxury. Yeah, we can't cross that line. That's not how this works. But and and, and he can, and it's it, it still makes me. It was a little strange. I think in my in my head, I just was having a hard time parsing like how that would work. Uh, so like anytime a company does something you don't like, you have to 
stop covering him. But I mean, of course, he could decide how that's how how and when he's going to use that, fi- oh, that power. And, and it did not take long for him to say that before, like they yeah, were up calling him, like, right? Exactly, and yeah, like having ahead, a meeting with out. them, like please, what can we do? Don't don't be mad at us, right? So, so it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's an interesting story in that it involves a lot of different aspects of the way the business works today, but. Yeah, I think that was probably the biggest one. We'll move on to, to number two here that I, uh, I'm pretty happy about, even though I haven't I, I bought it, but I haven't put any time with it, uh, really. Uh, Near Automata uh, has sold one million copies. Uh, you know what? Mike, you have the, the, the tweet in front of you. Why don't you go ahead and read it? What did uh, uh, Yoko Taro... I'm so happy to copy and paste this. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead thank and just you. read it. Thank you so, so much. I can't describe it by my poor English, but thank you. Happy tear face. I, I love Yoko Terra. So uh, the, one of the bit major reasons I've ended up buying this game, I mean, I was seeing a lot of great stuff. It's got a lot of great reviews. But Yoko Terra's interviews, and this is the director of Nier Automata, um, his interviews with, I think, uh, Glixel um, and maybe a few other outlets were really good. This guy says some really awesome shit. He doesn't hold back. He's like, yeah, humanity's probably going to have a pretty bad ending. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Just come out and say it. Like, Let's enjoy video games in the meantime. Um, wow. So, so uh, we're not making fun of this guy's this guy's uh, English here. I'm totally. I think this is. <laughs> yeah, I think you were the great. one who put me on the line for that. I don't. Yeah, I, I know you're you're in trouble now. So I'm, I'm <laughs> I think you want to. You <laughs> no, but I, I'm not. Yeah, we're not making fun of it. We're just saying, you know, the guy's happy. He's gonna come out, come out and risk trying to say it in, in English, and he did. And this is awesome because I think this game probably deserves it. There's been a lot of these games that have come out and immediately have sold well. Uh, where we didn't necessarily know if they were going to catch on. Uh, it's near uh, Horizon Zero Dawn wow. immediately becoming a massive success for Sony with like 2.6 million in the first month. Near Neos and everyone. Yeah, I'm like... Neo, like, yeah. It, well, it's weird because this is a sequel, right? To right. a 2010 game? Uh, that didn't get a lot of attention. Yeah, I mean, it's What's definitely it? the breakout hit for this this franchise, for sure. Yeah, um, it's just, I love. I kind of love when that happens, right? When you have like the, the Street Fighter 2 thing happen with these things. Oh, this is exactly. a, another series called. Dra- this is a spinoff of a series called Drakengard. Yeah, yeah, I uh, heard about that the other day. Oh, uh, I do know. I remember Drakengard a bit. How weird. Yes. And how then, weird. And this is. And apparently, I, it's much weirder than you. Like even just reading that sentence, you're like, "How weird?" Apparently, it's much weirder than that. People should look this yeah. up themselves. But like, there there is a lot of odd stuff to the story, and all the. It's not just a spinoff in terms of like uh like it's a whole other story they're all connected and if you play them all you understand some stuff that you wouldn't necessarily understand i guess i i, I don't know uh, I, guard. I haven't Man, played any of them name I've heard in a while. so all right but, but um yeah. But, uh, yeah i'll tell you what this is a game i really want to get into it i, think I know it's interesting it looks kind of up my alley i'm 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 getting to a point where i need to remember that i need to get on other systems other than the switch um yeah. I, I, I keep doing the thing like, oh, I wish this was on the Switch, and then I'd play it. Uh, but I need to get over that, and I need to get back on my TV and play some games there. Okay. I'll tell you what. You know, yeah, what, you know what I've loved about this year so far? What's that? Just how many good Japanese games there are. Yeah. I'll, and it's I'll, weird. You know, we should probably, maybe that should be one of our topics next week. Uh, we need to talk about that, because I uh, just real quick, I would say... What the hell? Like, how is that? Like, isn't the, Japanese, yeah, right? like Japanese gaming supposed to be all mobile? So why are these developers still putting so much awesome effort into these console and PC games? Um, I mean, I'm really glad they are. But well, there's still clearly a market if something like near Automata can, uh, or Automata, I don't know, Automata. I, yeah, Automata. <laughs> I think you, I think it is Automata. Actually, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, yeah but like if, if this game is just uh, like launching, immediately finding a million people who want it, um, you know, that's. That, that that's the year there is a market for it but you also always hear like japan does japan first uh which you know makes sense they want to make stuff for their home market um and i'm not necessarily and i'm sure it's doing fine there but it's probably not doing as, as well as any number of mobile games that come out there and, and become smash hits but maybe maybe like at this point the, the the games that have like a stranglehold on the mar- mobile gaming market are so strong that this is actually safer making a, a console game because that audience is more willing to buy more games or something. I am. I'm really interested to see how Persona 5 uh, sells. I, mean, I feel like it's going to be a huge it, hit. Especially especially in North America. Like, it's already been in Japan. It's been a hit. The, the series has done well there. and like, But the series has been, you know, building steam here. And this was kind of like the pressure valve sort of blowing off a bit, right? Because there's like this big wait for this one and, the, you know, the reception's been really strong. So, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's interesting. So, 
Well, my understanding is they they already said they shipped 1.5 million, but I'm not yeah, sure if that's shipped, worldwide. Well, it was like it was like a combination of shipped and digital sales or something. Yeah, they've been doing that like as that. well. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's a yeah, millions of people are going to play Persona Five for right. sure. All right, on to the next story. Project Scorpio final specs revealed. Oh, Mike, God. now this is this happened late last week. A lot of people have already been over this. We don't have to go over the numbers right. at this point because everyone else has done that. If you want the breakdown, go to Digital Foundry. See it for yourself. Uh, that's the YouTube yeah. channel. I, they got the exclusive. Uh, I, we should say, just to make sure uh, we're transparent for everyone else, um, apparently Microsoft did pay for them to come out there uh, and do the exclusive. So it does have the hint of marketing, uh, the, the, the whiff of it. Um, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean what they're saying is inaccurate or that they aren't still coming from a place of honesty. It just it's full disclosure there. But so, what do you think of the of these specs that clearly make it seem it seem like the the what Microsoft said last E three that this is the most powerful console? What's that make you feel, think or feel or? I think that pre-ordered? they have numbers, and when you put them up against the other numbers that they did in that graph, they're bigger than those numbers. Those number the numbers are bigger. I've well, never been a very specky right. person other than seeing numbers and knowing that they're bigger. And I know that there's a lot more intricacies behind this kind of stuff, but that's always just sort of been my uh, barrier to it. I mean, it definitely looks like this is going to be the the most powerful one for however long again this time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does it matter when the PlayStation 4 has, in within the last six months a noticeably better library that's kind of the issue more so yep i I mean clearly the things that everyone said so far you know they got to come out at e3 and have the games they have to stand out compared to the playstation 4's very recent uh like string of hits that are exclusive at least console exclusives to the to the playstation 4 um and even if the, even if the visuals are this much better, it, it, it kind of gets to a point where it feels like this is the system that should have came out originally because it's doing it's finally going to be able to do 1080p 60 for every game, and then it's going to be able to do 4K for a lot of others. Um, but it also doesn't like the like we don't we know what these games are going to look like because we all, we have PCs that do this stuff. Uh, there's no mystery. There's no um, oh, I wonder what the PlayStation 2 is going to look like compared to the PlayStation 1, uh, where, right. we had, where we felt that a long time ago, uh, and any new system that came out, even if this is a mid-cycle upgrade, I mean, even if this was the Xbox you know, 5 or whatever it would be now, um, and it was even that much more powerful, I think we'd still understand what these games are going to look like, because there's just no chance of the console manufacturers jumping ahead that far in terms of yeah, the, the it's kind of sad, right? Like, let's say, so, it's not like that. I remember that first time I saw a Dreamcast game and just how... Right. Like significant that was. It's nothing's like that anymore. Yeah, and we, and we had no idea. Uh, we had no idea what it would look like. And it's like now we know what they have to try to do, and that's exactly what they're doing with the Scorpio. So that's uh, a that's a thing where it's going to be a big deal at E3, uh, and whether or not it's a big deal in terms of you know getting people excited because it has the specs and the games, or if it's a disappointment because it's just specs and not a lot of uh, you know, and just the new Halo and the new Forza, then could be a disappointment. Halo. Okay, Mike, how about this? Wars, that came out. Yeah, that came out. I actually have... I want to try the Windows 10 version. Apparently, it's very good, but I I don't know. I don't know, Mike. It it does not seem like there's a lot of excitement around that. No, there's just... I mean, there isn't even that that, that much excitement around core Halo games, let alone spinoffs. So, so yeah. All right, Mike, what do you feel about Persona 5 and getting in trouble for streaming the game after a certain point? Uh, Because Atlas has threatened to go after people who stream too far into that JRPG. It's like, I, I almost, I get where they're coming from, but it's kind of a misguided mm-hmm. thing to go after here. Like, what what are you going to do about it, right? I yeah, mean, I, it, like, the, I understand, you, you know, it's a very story-heavy game. You don't want spoilers to get out there, but, I mean, it's the internet. So that stuff's just going to happen. If people are, want to look for it, they can find it. And also, this game's been out in Japan for, like, six months anyways. Like, that stuff is already out there to some degree. So, just kind of doing this in kind of, you know, ruffling feathers with your fan base and with the streamer community. It just it doesn't seem like a good idea. I uh, I really loved that in the, I think the blog post explaining this, the Americans, like Sega America team, they had to come out and, like, uh, explain how this is happening, basically said, our masters in Japan want us to crack down on this. And it's like, oh, okay. So this really is just as simple as, 
a Japanese company not understanding how yeah. this, or not Tenfold. understanding and not caring how this stuff works, and just saying uh, if no. people see our game, they're not going to buy it. Exactly. It's like they get. It's like they get told about it in a couple sentences. And they're like, "Well, that's mm-hmm. bad. We're going to not allow that. Not really understand." It. Yeah. Like, well, you can't not. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, and it, and I get like uh, I get publishers who are wary of the influencer market space and having to go out and work with influencers to get people to buy your games. I've heard, you know, secondary, tertiary stories of publishers doing that. And not being happy with the results and saying, you know what, in the end, a bunch of people who are really big on YouTube and really big on Twitch, they played our game in front of their audiences and they had huge viewer numbers. And then we didn't see an increase in sales. And maybe we even saw a slight decrease because people really did feel like they got the experience and didn't need to try it for themselves. However, (laughs) the the answer to that is not an all-out ban on people streaming the game after a certain point. You're just not... People are going to find a way around. You're going to you could do copyright strikes, but there are sites where you're, they they won't respond to copyright strikes. People are going to get this this video out one way or the other, um, and it's I mean it's just not worth it. It's just because uh, yeah I it, yeah uh, hopefully they come around on this pretty quickly and it's not like a, a lifetime ban on this stuff because no because people deserve to be able to stream these games if they want. That's uh, that's just it how it works now. If you yeah. bought the game, you can stream it. If people want to watch it, they can. Yeah, Sega shouldn't be able to say no. You can't do that. Like, right. what what part of the like agreement is there to that? Like, how could mm-hmm. they even? I don't know. It makes no sense to me. I I will say that uh, there is some weird weird um, embargoes on streaming Tetris Puyo Puyo Tetris. Right. From Sega. Yeah. And so I have that game right now. Kind of. I wonder if I can even say that. But I, I have it right now for the Switch. Uh, I've been playing it. The embargo's up later this month. Uh, but there's a story mode, and they were very wary about what I'm going to be sharing from the story. <laughs> what yeah, that's the Poyo Poyo Pop Tetris story. I know, and it's, I, I swear, like even if people do watch that, and even if people would enjoy it if they did it firsthand, no one's going to be buying Puyo Puyo Tetris for the story mode. What the heck? Like you play because you want to play online, you want to play two player modes with your friends. You're not going to. It's just so silly. What the heck? But, but that's Sega. So uh, so hey, at least they got that good Sonic account on Twitter. You know, yes, that's what they do. I like that guy's nice. I met that guy. He's funny. Good, good, I bet. Good I mean, I met Sonic. You met Sonic. <laughs> you did some Sonic teenies with him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect Andromeda patch uh, one point zero five notes. It includes improved lip sync and facial acting during conversations, ability to skip autopilot sequences in Galaxy Map, and more. So this is the big new patch for Mass Effect. Um, I think it could fix some of the like very basic issues, but I, for me, I don't. Know, this isn't going to be enough. Like, it's going to make a difference looking at the game and feeling like it's a high quality product. Uh, we've already seen that they did some work on the eyes for the characters, and they do look better. And it makes it easier to feel like I'm in, I'm engaged with the conversations that these characters are having. But I, that wasn't my overall issue with the game. Does hearing that they're still going to be putting a lot of work into Mass Effect Andromeda give you? Any impetus to try it out yourself? No, uh, God. I mean, it, it, it it's like good on them for fixing it, but it's also like, hey, you're able to like fix this stuff in a month and make it look noticeably better. Like, why the hell did this game have to ship? And I know why it had to ship because you have to get it, and for financial quarters and, right. and stuff like that. But it's still, yeah. you know, bad and it's cynical, and it still makes a bad product. But it's just, a, you know, I, I. Even before all this stuff, just the idea of Mass Effect again did not appeal to me unless people were going to tell me that it was doing something different or interesting. You know, it's the opposite of that that people said. It's like the same thing except kind of worse. So it's like, you know what? With all this like new stuff I could be trying out, like like Nier or or uh, Nio or just you know whatever else. It's like I don't you know I, I don't. Mass Effect is not there where it's a series I feel like I need to play, right? Like, oh, there's the new Mass Effect. I have to do that. And maybe it was at one point, right, when the trilogy was saying it's dry. Right. But it's like, you know, no, I don't need to play Mass Effect, the fourth one, even if they update it. It is just like this thing like, oh, well, if I can wait for six months to get it real cheap and it'll be so much better. It's like, you know what, even then, who cares? I, I do think it's it's slightly better than Gears of War Judgment and what was the God of War? God of War Ascension. Oh, those things. But only slightly, Man. to me. Um, it, it's, it does feel like it's in that vein, the weird fourth one. 
Um, it, so, I'm, I mean, I, I played it. I thought it was very okay, very kind of just barely worth trying if you're very into Mass Effect. And I was one of the harshest review, harsher reviewers on it. Um, and, and I, to me, this is not going to fix the problems I have in terms of the, the mission structure and things like that, and the, and the actual writing. So, yeah, uh, I'm glad they're doing this. And but they really didn't have a choice, right? I mean, you come out and you make that oh, bad God. first impression. The, the immediate follow-up you have to do if you're going to save your reputation is, hey, we we're not abandoning this game. We're not abandoning our friends, our our fans. We're going to keep coming at this game and, until we are at least at a point where, technically, it is sound. I am really curious how much of this they saw coming or not. Like, yeah, I, I know. They, you had to think they had to know a little bit, but maybe they didn't. Maybe they're completely blindsided. Maybe they thought they had something here. I, as, as with most things, it's probably a lot of both, where yeah. they, they knew they had a lot of known shippable bugs, but they didn't realize maybe how uh, how distracted most people would be by them. Uh, and how and they probably didn't see the... I mean, I think clearly they didn't see the uh, the social media memes coming. Because no one yeah. could predict those ever. You don't realize it's going to take over Twitter for, for like a couple weeks of all these weird faces mm-hmm. and stuff. So that's impossible to predict. But I probably, I'm sure they knew people would be a little upset at some of the technical stuff. Okay, last story. And this, this is one we just kind of hit real quick. And then we'll move on uh, to our topics after we get to a quick word from our sponsors. Um, CD Projekt Red explains their cyberpunk trademark. And I'm going to try to... I'm going to actually bring this up so we can... Um, go over some of these points. So, the company that makes The Witcher, they're one of their next big franchises that's finally going to be coming out after being announced years ago is Cyberpunk 20-something or another, uh, 2077. So, in order to protect this game uh, in a legal capacity, the company has registered for a Cyberpunk trademark. Now, this is a trademark. A lot of people thought that this might be uh, them saying no one else is going to be allowed to use this word in other games, and... If you're familiar with gaming at all, cyberpunk's a very common idea and terminology. And in the end, what, what's going to happen is CD Projekt Red's just going to defend itself from other other companies and other games that try to make their cyberpunk game look and sound and have the same name it's, as. It's not a copyright. It's, it's a not a copyright. That's right. So, uh, look here. Let's just read um, quickly from this. Uh, what's all the trademark fuss about? And this is their too long didn't read answer. A short answer would be something along the lines of this. We want to protect our hard work, and we don't plan on using the trademark offensively. It's a self-defense measure only. If you're interested in details, read on, blah, blah. I mean, reading on, they have this, you know, a big, long thing about this. But put simply, they're not going to go after other games that have the cyberpunk word in them, around them, related to them. Um, unless, and this is where it could still be shady, unless... Uh, you know the CD Projekt Red's lawyers feel like that this, like what you're doing with Cyberpunk, is an infringement on their trademark. But it's it's probably not going to come to that. Not a copyright. Uh, you know, not a patent or whatever that wouldn't relate. So um, there was some fuss about this, and people were getting mad at them. But it's it's not worth it. It's it's just typical right, standard I mean, legal stuff. Like I mean, yeah. everyone's got a trademark for the name of their games. Yeah, I mean, people have gotten kind of. Uh touchy about this ever since the whole scrolls thing from way back when right exactly i mean and the thing the thing there is that you know uh elder scrolls company bethesda actually did use that and and stop the game scrolls from mojang the company that makes minecraft from coming out with that name i think Uh, i think it actually did come out with that name eventually okay i think there was uh, i think there was a threat and it got there was a thing okay so yeah it's called scrolls yeah. Okay. So all right. So so in the, it's, and it's probably the same things probably might happen here where um, I think CD Projekt Red's lawyers might just say, "Hey, we're aware of what you're doing. Uh, just keep an eye out uh, that you don't cross certain lines, or else we will have to d- defend ourselves." Uh, that uh, still could be a, an issue. It just isn't inherently a problem, like I think some people thought. Yeah. Sure. All right, Mike, that does it for the news. Uh, We're going to go ahead and jump to a break, and then we'll be right back with our topics where we're going to talk about Minecraft's peer-to-peer marketplace and Overwatch's leaked uh, insurrection event. And we'll be right back with that stuff after this break. Let's see. Uh, so, GamesBeat. That's what I write for. It's a gaming site as part of VentureBeat. But we don't just write about games. We don't just come and talk to you on the internet. 
We also have a lot of other stuff going on, including an event coming up in May, Games Beat Summit. This is going to include some of the industry's most important luminaries on May 1st and May 2nd in Berkeley, California. You're going to hear speakers like Star Wars World of One scribe Gary Witta, Epic CEO Tim Sweeney, and a lot more, including uh, some of the makers of, of Call of Duty games from Sledgehammer. Um, they're going to show up and talk to Dean Takahashi. If you want more information, go to VentureBeat.com slash events uh, for more details. And uh, if you want, also reach out to us on Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash GamesBeat, and we can get you a code that may be able to get, get you a discount. Just ask us, ask us about it on there, and we'll let you know what's happening with that. Um, okay, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to come back from our break after this word from our musical sponsor, which is this dope song from... See who did this? It's a Mega Man remix from ABSRDTSD. So, thanks guys, and we'll be right back. And we're back. Mike, you did a very good job on the advertisement by dropping out and leaving me all alone. It's your fault. Your connection's bad. You were lagging the whole time we were recording. I'm not taking any Well, I got for this. And I already blamed you. As everyone knows, if you point the finger first, that's oh, yeah. what really means. The, you know, that's what's going to go down in history is what happened. Fair. All right. So let's get into our first topic. Will the Minecraft marketplace mean the game will go free to play? So if anyone hasn't heard, Minecraft today... Just got this thing where people can create stuff and sell it to other players. And Microsoft will take a cut. And this is something I predicted last E3, so let's do the, the Jeff was right dance. Uh, this is just like all my other dances, except for I'm a little bit happier. It's bad. It's a real That's good dance. Right. Yeah. Um, the game's also free to play in China. It just launched in China, and it's free to play. And I think this is where this game is headed, because how the hell can it sell any more copies? It's it's already, everyone on the planet already owns it, right? Right. I guess the issue is you got to compensate the people who bought it somehow, right? If you go free to play. Yeah, I think, Especially I think something so. Especially that's sold this many, and I don't know what that is, but there's got to be something. I mean, it's possible they could do, like, a free-to-play version, like the light right. version, where... Um, you know, people who bought it get all the stuff early still, uh, but the free-to-play version gets updates maybe a little bit slower or something. I guess maybe that wouldn't work because they probably want to keep everyone together. Um, but th there's there's ways to do this. But I, I mean, I just to me, it still seems inevitable, right? Like there's not going to be a situation where where they, I mean, it doesn't go free-to-play because there's so much money they can make from that. I guess. I mean, my, Minecraft has become such an enigma to me that like it was something I did understand at one point, and right. somehow I've gone like half circle and don't understand it now it's kind of resilience and continued popularity and it's like it, it like i was getting updates it's changing and there's there's somehow there's a pc version and the windows 10 version and they're different yeah and it's like i'm like well, okay yeah it's just I don't know, the whole thing is this whole yeah game's confusing to cover anymore yep definitely but like this this, this kind of makes sense i guess i i mean it's clear that they microsoft uh is trying to do something with it and you're right it is hard to track and understand exactly where it's where it's headed i um, mean but they've sold more than 120 million copies now at this, at this point um you know a lot of those are on the pc a lot of those are on mobile um and a lot of them you know are on console and you know i'm sure they are going to get to a situation where people continue to keep buying them on on, new, on each new system but what they're trying to like what they're so you said what are they doing with this windows T, 10 version and a pc version um, so the reason they have the Windows 10 version is 
that is from the same fork as the mobile game and the console games. And they're trying to bring all those together while the old PC version still remains its own thing. And with this, by bringing it all together and having parity in terms of updates, um, what they can do is enable cross-platform uh, multiplayer so people can all get online and play with each other. And if everyone's online and playing with each other... Uh, selling it, things to each other. Yeah, it gets to a point where you want to start showing off <clears> your <throat> stuff and you want to have the coolest, neatest things. Um, now, the, you know, last E3, they also did this thing where they... Um, opened up Minecraft and enabled people to edit themselves with very simple tools using like the JSON files, I think they're called. Uh, and they show this uh, in a demo to me at E3 where they took the base game and they started from scratch and, you know, using paint to create new skins and by making a few simple edits, they turned existing mobs, existing enemies into UFOs and they turned other mobs into aliens and they changed the, the color scheme of everything. In a few, in, in a couple minutes, they had the game looking like a completely different thing. It was still, you know, still the blocky graphics, but it looked like an alien invasion game instead. And they changed the the way that the the characters behaved. Um, and, and to me, so it was clear that like, okay, this is going to be cool for a lot of people. But the end goal here, obviously, is that yes, this is easy, but for most people, they're still not going to end up ever going into JSON files and making edits, even if it is this simple. And so the reason you do this is to create a huge base of people who are creating content. And the way you incentivize them is by enable them, enabling them to sell that on a marketplace that Microsoft controls, takes a cut of, and boom, that's how you start making a ton of money off Minecraft over a long period of time, well into the future. Um, so the way that everything's coming together with having the, the one single version that's been all updated at the same time, and with you know all, you know these new editing tools, to me it just seems like it's clear that they want to create a game that it is a service first and and not necessarily a come pay us you know ten to twenty dollars for the uh, the existing version that you might already own on another console. <laughs> See, I'm just like more confused. Like, <laughs> Like, I mean, like, I just don't get it. I mean, just I mean, think of like the kid that uh, already asked his parents to buy it, buy it on like the the cell phone, and let's say he wants to switch to a new platform. They're probably they're probably gonna be like, no, you already own it, and so you know by making it free to play, no, he I could mean. just jump onto this new system, uh, continue to play it. Uh, you know, in, in which in the other case he might have fallen off and stopped playing the game because he can't go on the platform he wants to. Always like, the one where. Um, he's having the most fun now, the one that he's carrying with him at all times now. Um, so by, by making it free to play, you, you, the audience doesn't shrink and it increases that player base to sell it, uh, to sell these uh, items to. It just seems, yeah, it, it, it is the clear I, the path for Microsoft. I just often wonder how much in the Minecraft I would have been if I was a kid. I know, yeah. You, when I hit that. It's just not how we did it. Like, we played many games. I mean, I don't know. I played. A couple I guess these kids still do that too. I guess yeah. I'm trying to make this like a generational like I, there's, by lawn thing. There's something there because I mean, mm -hmm. but we didn't play like Mario. Like, like people say, Minecraft is is this generation's Mario, but we didn't play just Mario. Uh, well, it's for, not even just just. We, we didn't play Mario 64 for five years. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, like yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, sure they're playing other stuff on the side, but they are just playing Minecraft for this long as well. Um, in, in a way. Uh, it's not how we did it with any yeah. games back then, really. I mean, some people yes. did it with like Quake, I guess, at a certain point, and there were people who just of, played that. But, but yeah, it's not the same like, thing. That was getting like full on modded and right. stuff and turned yeah. into other games, which is how you're saying here. But yeah, well, you know, good for Minecraft. And I'm sure, I'm sure this is going to make Microsoft a good amount of money. Yep, for sure. Um, let's see here. So, I, yeah, I think that's going to, I mean, I, yeah, I think the game's going free to play. Uh, I don't think there's kind of any, any doubt about that, and and yeah, I mean, do you think that there's any chance they will just come out with a Minecraft two instead? Yeah, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about if I even wanted to ask it, and I was like, uh, I'm not even gonna ask it because they're not. not yeah, it, it doesn't seem likely, right? Like, no, it, it really doesn't anymore. It, it seems like that would be way harder to do than this other. It's like thing. The, it's like the same thing as the World of Warcraft two argument, right? It's right. Like, yeah, it is. It's exactly the same thing, and I think Microsoft's realizing that they probably uh, looked to World of Warcraft, maybe the game that was before Minecraft that was the most popular ever, uh, in, in, in its own way as well. So 
So yeah, um, I don't think you try to make that audience buy a whole new game all over again. You monetize them in a different way as they're getting older and spending. If they're still spending a lot of time with the game, you enable that. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's my decision on that. Uh, let's move on to the, our second big topic here: Overwatch Insurrection. This is the new event that Blizzard well, has definitely been teasing. Announced this yet? Yeah, I know. They, I wonder if they like finally launched it. So the reason he said that is is it leaked this morning a video on the French PlayStation YouTube page. Uh, they had a... They didn't have it uh, published. They had it... Um, and they didn't have it private. They had it unlisted. And so- somehow someone found the, the URL for it so people could find it. Uh, we posted it. They've taken it down since. I've got a, a mirror up if you want to check it out on YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Um, and what it looks like is it, it is the event, the event that Blizzard has been teasing involving the King's Row Uprising, which is a lore thing where... Uh, the omnic race of, uh, of half-machine cybernetic organisms uh, rebelled against the oppression of the humans. At least that's how I understand it. And this is something we've seen in the comics that they've been talking about a little bit. And what it looks like it's going to end up being is a co-op event like that Halloween thing that they had a few months ago where you and three friends get together and you get to pick from one of four characters selected from the roster uh, for a wave-based uh, you know, competitive, co- co- cooperative mode, um, and I'm I'm am actually pretty excited about this man because I like that Halloween event. I think everyone liked that Halloween event a lot. It was it was super neat. Like the Halloween event was probably the best event they've done so far. Um, and this this is interesting because it's the first event that's not kind of tied into some sort of real world like holiday or right. event like the Olympics. And I think like this is kind of like a, a one year anniversary, ah, a little bit, right? We're a little bit early, but it's, it's kind of about that time because May was when Overwatch came out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like about then. But yeah, this is interesting because it's just this is, you know, we always say like Overwatch doesn't really tell much of its story, and this isn't like the Halloween thing was like some campy like oh look our characters are in right. a Halloween thing like this yeah, is the Halloween special. This is actually like. Overwatch backstory, like this yeah. is canon in a way. And it, it is, so what it is, what it is when he says that is that it is retelling the events of that King's Row up, uh, uprising, which happened seven years before uh, when the Overwatch game takes place. So we're going to find out exactly what happened here, I guess. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be new dialogue, things like that, that we're going to hear about um, from these characters explaining what's happening. Uh, but the King's Row map looks different. They've added new art. There's a bunch of new skins, a bunch of new sprays, and voice lines. I'm sure everyone gives yeah, a shit about that stuff. It's like you get like Tracer and Reinhardt, Mercy, Tobern, and like their official Overwatch gear. Kind of right. Like, kind of like what the the one Agent Seventy Six outfit, kind of mm-hmm. like that, but for right. these characters. And then they have the Blackwatch uh, skins for some of the other characters, like yeah, uh, I saw for Genji and Cree. And then yeah. there's uh, a Widowmaker skin. And kind yes, of, she's not in Blackwatch, but she's kind of like. Also, at this point. also in the French trailer, I found out what Black Widow's uh, French name is for the game. It's Fatale. Fatale. Is it Fatale or Fatale? I, I, well, Fatale sounds Italian, so I'm sure it's it's like... <laughs> I mean, in French, they don't like pronounce most of the like letters in a word, so it's probably like Fatale. Fin mm-hmm. Fatale. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool to see. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I think earlier this year, Mike, you and I, we did a podcast about what we wanted from Overwatch in the year 2017. Um, for me, this is a pretty good thing to be doing four months into the year, four or five months into the year. Uh, these events that break away from the holidays and give us a reason to come back to this game um, and get you excited all over again. Because yeah, I, I like that Halloween event. They haven't done anything like it since, and now it's it's just saying, hey, no, we're, we we have big ideas for content for this year uh this should get you guys uh coming back would you yeah you think in the future we'll get more of these and less holiday ones like i guess that's that's kind of thing when we're coming up on halloween too like what do you do for that do you just rerun the same event it seems like that would be a disappointment yeah i think that i mean i think that probably would be i mean if they do i hope they um what they do is they rotate maybe some of the characters and add new um new skins in i would appreciate that Shit's falling over behind me. Oh, well. I was wondering what that was. This is the end for me, Mike. I'll say uh, goodbye. <laughs> uh, you'll be missed. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I think the trailer looks really cool. Um, I, I, For this, at least. Uh, and then where you take it from here, I hope they just continue to escalate it. Because that's what this feels like, right? This feels like an escalation of the things they've done before. It, it breaks away from the holiday schedule, showing that they're willing to dip into their lore to justify an event. It... Um, Looks like it might have like the most production values in terms of promoting an event with a trailer. 
uh, yeah, just all around. It you know it feels like an escalation. And I hope they just keep going in this direction and amplifying and amplifying what they do with their with their content in the future. Yeah, that's like that's like the cool thing with Overwatch. Like you know the base game is great, and they can always kind of do these weird. Here's a co-op thing, or introduce capture the flag, and then it ended up being a mode. And like all that stuff is just kind of gravy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, you know it's pretty tasty gravy. Absolutely. So yeah, um, I, I basically the question is: Is this what we want from Overwatch? As we asked yes. earlier, and I yeah, I think oh, so. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally excited. into this. Uh, I, I do. I wish every event had skins for every character. I guess I understand why they don't. Uh, I'm okay with that. With I mean, because it gets like if you have a couple of characters that you really like and you play a lot, um, and like none of them get a get a skin. Uh, I guess. Or, I've always of, been kind of like try to play a lot of characters. Like I have. I, I'm the same way. I'm the yeah. same way. But there are people that definitely like. Oh, I'm gonna be playing Farah, and I'm pretty sure this is the second event in a row where Farah doesn't have a new skin. Yeah, but Farah's had some pretty good ones. Well, she, she does had have a good some Christmas one. one. She yeah. had a good Christmas one. She had the ice thing. Okay. Well, the, the, yeah. So that's that's nice. Um, be either way though. I, I like I just said, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like I wish they did that. But sure. The, beyond that nitpick, clearly. This is what I want from Overwatch. So, yeah, Blizzard's nailing it. Yep. It's good stuff. All right, Mike. Servers were up. Yeah, as long as my servers stay up, I guess, and this podcast doesn't fall apart again. Um, yeah, that, that's going to bring us to the end. Mike, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Oh, you can find me at GamesB, always writing there. Uh, I'm also always on the Exploding Barrel podcast. That's at ebpodcast.com. Um, that's another kind of games thing I do with my brother. And, uh, yeah, that's good enough. I'm on Twitter at Tolkoto if you want to catch me on there. And I'm Jeff Grubb Sucks the Worst on Twitter. Um, probably just Jeff Grubb if you want, if you're willing to, like, you know, be into that brevity thing. Uh, and I sometimes make videos on my YouTube page. You can find that on YouTube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. That's, uh, again, you can find the Overwatch leaked trailer there because apparently they haven't announced it officially. Uh, a, a reminder, you know, if you want, check out VentureBeat.com slash events. Uh, we have that event coming up soon. Games Meet Summit. Mike's going to be there. Uh, he's going to be yelling, th- yelling things if you're on the stage. Uh, if you're going to show up there, I'm sure he's going to be very distracting and disruptive, and he okay. will be removed. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'll be, we'll be. I'll be asked to volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another Topical. new episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you then. Bye. No cats.